Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Post Weekend Review. The Premier League is back again, although it didn't really go anywhere, and it seems to be getting more and more frequent as we get closer and closer to the Christmas times. My words, I'm stumbling already, Dave. Uh, As you heard there, joining me is Dave. Hello, hello. All right. Not too bad. And I am Chris, as usual. I'll pretend I didn't totally mess up my intro then, Dave. Uh, Distracted by looking at the fake up draw. I don't think anyone will notice. It's fine. Yeah, so both of us who listen are are here or in the group chat. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, a nice early start for you this weekend, Dave, as your beloved Newcastle United uh, played host to the champions Manchester City in the early kickoff. Um, finished 2 2. Thoughts? Uh, very happy with the point. Okay. I thought uh, thought we did quite well. I mean, it's, you, never, you know what you're going to get with us pretty much less than 20% possession against the top teams mm-hmm. and, and just try and hit them on the counter. And I mean, me and you talked about it probably last week. Um, I quite look forward to us playing on the counter attack now. I almost prefer us playing against the bigger sides who are going to let who are going to let us do that because all we have is pace. Now it's not particularly uh, it's not particularly bringing any results at the moment in terms of goals, but it's obviously getting us up the field if nothing else, um, which is a start. And to be fair, we're not in the bottom three, which is uh, which is where I feared would be at this time of the season. So I can't have too many complaints. I was going to say you could have been sixth. If you'd have won this game, obviously it was a big ask to win this game because it's Man City. But you do seem to like taking points off the, off them. Yeah, I mean we beat them last season, which was I think it was the first time in about ten years or something. But uh, I was I was a lot less fearful of them. Now they haven't got Aguero. Like Aguero's always had it in for us. Like he, he I, I can't remember his exact record against us, but he, he scored five in one game or something once. It was ridiculous. Um, but without him, like Jesus is good, but he's he's nowhere near. As good, I don't think he's anywhere near as, as ruthless as Aguero was. I didn't realise he hadn't scored in eight games. Yeah, but I mean, some of those games he probably played like ten minutes off the bench. Yeah, but he has got a hard job because it, you know, if you get your chance and Aguero has just scored a hat trick, if you don't score a hat trick, you're immediately not as good as him. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying you know Aguero always scores hat tricks, but his, his goal scoring record to Man City is incredible. Fifteenth best, I think it was fifteenth, fifteenth best player in the world according to the Ballon d'Or today. He might have even been lower down than that. I saw your mate Aubameyang was 20th. Yeah, which was absolutely... And he shared that as well, ridiculously. With Dusan Tadic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who else would it be? Yeah. Yeah, oh well. Um, so, all in all, um, I'm happy with the point after the shambles that was our game on Monday night at Villa Park. Yeah. Um, and now we get to go to Sheffield United on Thursday night. Oh, another team that plays on a worse day. We play on a Thursday this week as well because of the Amazon deal. Um 
I'm, I'm guessing Amazon can't stream ten games at once. Uh, well, well, they probably can, but they're trying to maximise their um, their viewing figures, so they've got games across three days uh, with like with like staggered kickoff times, like week at half seven. I think you're eight fifteen or something like yeah. that. Have you seen that? The, so obviously they're showing every Premier League team this week as mm-hmm. part of their twenty games in December. Uh, the, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's different. On, on, you know, like tailored ads and stuff like that. But uh, all the adverts I've seen on Twitter for this have been advertising Southampton Norwich. That will be on at some point. Yeah, yeah. They, they're advertising that. You know, not the Liverpool derby or Man United Tottenham or anything. The reason to sign up to Amazon Prime uh, to watch the Premier League on Amazon is Southampton's home game. I believe it's it's with somebody awfully shit anyway. I mean, that is a fixture that's happening. I mean, oh, so, maybe... yeah, so it is Southampton Norwich because that's definitely. The, I remember tweeting about it. That's definitely the game that they're advertising more than the Merseyside derby. I really hope it's tailored ads and you've just been Googling like the pedestrianisation <laughs> yeah. of Norwich City Centre. Because yeah. uh... I, I, at first I looked at it and I thought, right, what have, what, have, what have I tweeted? What have I been Googling about Southampton? And I was thinking, nothing. I said, I remember Googling Crystal Palace's fixture list uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, where where does Unite Emery live? Uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and then topless fighters of Freddie Lundberg. Uh, but we'll get onto that later. But yeah, no... Um, I was really surprised that that was the one. Uh, so Newcastle four points better off than they were under Rafa. Mm. Ah, well, we've got better players than we did under Rafa for the most part. Um, you take, unfortunately, you've got Joe Linton up front, who you know we, we've given a chance. He, I think he's played pretty much all fourteen of the league fixtures. Don't mm-hmm. hold me to that, but certainly nearly all of them. Um, and he has one goal. As yeah. turn. Well, you front three. I've only got one goal all season uh, out of the what I think it's ten that you've scored this season. I think uh, Raheem Sterling scored more goals on his own than your entire. Squad. Yeah, I can. I can believe that. We, we are we are goal shy to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can I can kind of see the conundrum because Dwight Gale came on for the last twenty minutes and we were nowhere near as good at getting up the field. He doesn't hold on to the ball, um, and it's like, well, okay, you can sacrifice a striker who doesn't necessarily score, but he certainly tries to hold the ball up and you know if he manages one in three times and gets the ball out to one of the wingers then that's better than zero which is what was pretty much happening with Gale mm-hmm. um, but Dwight Gale's far more likely to get to score if he gets a chance mm-hmm. but also far more far less likely to get a chance if Gale's on the field it's, it is a conundrum and uh, I guess that's the problem with when you're playing five at the back you're like, always going to have limited numbers up front anyway. Yeah, Newcastle were very positive with the ball. They were always going forward from 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 the bits I saw of the game and stuff like that. There was you know there was no slowing down play. That at one point, um, Saint Maximin was surrounded by five Man City players. It, it was yeah. just like he was the danger man. Yeah, well, if he could just add some, add some sort of end product to his game, it would help no end. But again. He gets it, and he, the one problem is he's quicker than everybody else on the team. So That's what you know, I mean, he, yeah, Joe Linton can't because he drops exactly. quite deep, doesn't he? He's not going to get into the yeah. box. But also, I mean, he does make some poor choices. I think sometimes, um, but everything's at a thousand mile an hour, mm-hmm. and he's, as you say, he's got two or three defenders often in front of him, um, and you just got to hope it'll, it'll come from eventually. Um, we've been saying about Almiron though since since January more or less. Um, but back to the original point about being four points better off. Um, we were at this, at this time last season. We obviously didn't have Almer on. Uh, Rondon didn't really go up to match fitness until a, around November, De- December kind of time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we've had the full the, the front three in action yeah. the whole time. So mm-hmm. it's not really comparing apples with apples with apples. But um, I kind of get too too vexed of being 14th at this stage, uh, considering 
we've now played all of the the big six, if you like. So yeah. um, there's no reason why we can't push to be in the top half by Christmas. But and only conceded six goals at home all season. That includes the two that City scored this weekend. That, that that's pretty good. That is good. Um, far better than I thought it would be. But uh, yeah. We, we, we're a funny team. We're very inconsistent, mm-hmm. um, and if we can just find, I say, a run of form in, the, in these games coming up, that would be an ideal time. Because yeah. you know your games against your, your, your top sides, you don't really expect to win them. Any points you can get off them are a bit of a bonus. Yeah. Um, but if you beat the teams around you, you know we could be safe by, by yeah. January, February if we just put a run together. But so that's, uh, that's the weird thing with this season. If you beat the teams around you at the moment, everyone bar the top four is around you. <laughs> Because that's how, yeah. how weird it is. I said, like, if you'd have won the weekend, you'd have been in the top six. It, it, well, it's it. so weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of pundits have spent their time licking Sheffield United's arse, and you know, we did last week, which is fair because they've they played really well. But we're three points behind them. Yeah, it's, um, it's madness. Yeah, it's um, I mean, it's good in many ways. I quite you, you know, you don't want to be cut adrift or anything like that. So uh, it's um, it's nice not to be uh, right in the bottom three for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, yeah. Did Bravko back on form? Made some really good saves. Yeah, spot on. He was um, that double save from Jesus and De Bruyne was, was yeah, phenomenal. Very good. I was, a, I kind of blamed him for a couple of the goals, or at least one of the goals on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, the free kick, I thought it was slow to react to get across. As soon as it was moved, he kind of didn't move with the ball. Um, and uh, Villa's second goal, when a free kick comes in and it bounces three or four yards off the line, I think that should be the goalkeeper's territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was back on form on uh, on Saturday, and we need him to be because I've said before the difference we we found when he came into the team ahead of a Darlow or a Rob Elliott, um, we were so much better for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fernandino should he have been sent off? Uh, probably, yeah, but he should have been sent off about a hundred times in his Premier League <laughs> career. He seems to have this knack of of getting away with uh, cynical fouls. Mm-hmm. It, um, it looked like the referee was going to book him because he had his hand in his pocket. And then did he realise he'd already booked him and thought, oh well, mm. I'll leave it? Or probably I thought that the ref was a, was a bit soft a lot of the a lot of the game to be honest on Saturday. Um, not necessarily against us all the time. I thought in general he let quite a lot of things go. Um, I don't really rate Chris Kavanagh as a referee to be quite honest with you, but um, we scored from it, which is better than yeah, a send off to be quite honest with you. Um, so you know, I guess these things even themselves out. Uh, two uh, goal of the season contenders as well. Uh, from De Bruyne and from John Joe Shelby? <laughs> I mean, De Bruyne looks great when he goes off the other side of the bar. That, that, I think that makes it look better, doesn't it, it, it? The fact that he hit the bar. But but I think, I mean, you'll know often played at a much higher level than me, the technique for Shelby to hit the, the ball running to him like that is actually, for me, a tougher skill. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I don't think he was expect, expecting... Well, no, sorry. I don't think Man City were expecting it because he said he gave the signal... For, because the plan was just to hoof it into the box. Because yeah. they all crowded the box, he just waited. But he, I think he even said in one of his interviews that, um, was it Williams? Or whoever, no, uh, Atsu took Atsu, it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. said he, he hit it to him too fast. He just ping, <laughs> pinged it at him. So yeah, the technique to get that connection and, and keep it down was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, Shelby is uh, kind of sums up our team in general, to be honest, in mm-hmm. that he's a very, very good player on his day. Like technically, he's probably the best player at the club in terms of what he can do with the ball, his feet, the passes he can pick, the shots he, he can pull off like Saturdays. But when he's when he's bad, he is terrible. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he plays in a position where you cannot really hide. So if he has a bad game, it's very very noticeable. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, if a winger has a bad game, they generally get hooked after an hour and no one says anything about it. 
Um, but with Shelby, he's kind of like the antithesis of our club in that if he's on, we're on. If he's off, um, we are a lot a lot worse off for it. Um, he lost his place to Sean Longstaff under under Rafa, which mm-hmm. uh, you know Longstaff was was great for those whatever it was ten twelve games. Um, this season, it's been the opposite. Longstaff hasn't really been that good. Whereas Shelby, so far, has been back to his no one's no his very best, but he's starting to show signs of uh, some of the form he showed a couple of years ago. Mm, I think the thing you have to be Shelby, you have to be careful when he's playing well. He gets that swagger, mm. which is when he starts doing crazy things like that's when the red cards and stuff have come. Yeah, and stuff like that because he, he's he, he don't get me wrong he's a, he's an arrogant he's an arrogant fucker but yeah he's a very very gifted footballer. Well, you just keep thinking he's got to mature eventually. I mean, he must be twenty six, twenty seven now. I would think, if not older. He seems to have been around forever, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know he came on the scene as pretty much a fourteen, fifteen year old. I think if I'm not mistaken, but um, he uh, he was, he's been our captain recently. Um, so. Bruce has obviously put a lot of faith in him, mm-hmm. as as of others in the past. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he, he needs to start uh, repaying some of that faith. He's about getting a new contract as well, which, you know, fair play if he deserves it. But uh, I think up until a couple of games ago, a lot of people would been on the fence about that. Mm. I say this was definitely a weird game because, like I say, I saw bits of the game. I was really impressed with Newcastle. Uh, I had a look at the stats afterwards though, because it was it was highly publicised that obviously Newcastle only had twenty three percent of the possession, which is, is to be expected. But if you looked at the stats, you'd you'd think that Newcastle have literally just desperately defended for ninety minutes, but that wasn't the case at all. Like I, I also went back through my notes from like other Newcastle games this season as well. I think how many times I've written down that Newcastle looked organised, but then didn't come away with a result or or, or, or whatever. Um, so yeah. I, I think Newcastle were really impressive, which I didn't think, after after the talk we had in pre-season and <laughs> coming, you know, I didn't expect to be having these sorts of conversations. But yeah, no, I, I, if I was a Newcastle fan, I think I'd, I'd I'd be quite positive at the moment. Weirdly, yeah. The, the problem with us at the minute is whenever Bruce tries to do his own thing, we're terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of run us run us on autopilot at the minute. Um, in that he's using Rafa's system, he's using the same tactics. He's He's not really. Anytime he's done his own thing, like Leicester away, Norwich away, we've been humped and humped badly, um, and that's got to be the kind of the nagging doubt in the back of our minds is that at some point he's, he's going to want to put his own stamp on this team. Yeah, he he but, did he did admit that they need to transfer their home form into the, into a way because obviously the Villa performance and everything. Yeah, but uh, say the players we've got the the the, the skills they have they actually suit playing away from home for me. Um, I'm not saying we're going to go to Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool and win games, but um, there's no reason why, we, you know, I think our West Ham away the first 45 minutes was pretty much the perfect away performance from us. We were, you know, two and up, could have been four or five, um, obviously helped by West Ham being abysmal, but that's got to be like the level we should be looking to play against teams around us away from home. Um, but it's too chalk and cheese at the minute. Uh, all right, on to other three o'clock. Then we might as well start with the league leaders, Liverpool, uh, who came away with what can only be described as a nervy win at <laughs> Brighton. Uh, Come away two two one winners, thanks to a double from Virgil Van Dijk. Uh, Lewis Dunk pulled one back for uh, Brighton. Um, I didn't realise. So we, we've said all season, and, and I try not to repeat ourselves. Liverpool haven't looked impressive this season, and whatever. But you know they're uh, like eleven points clear now. I think. Uh, and stuff like that. I didn't realise that they've not kept a clean sheet in twelve games, and they've only won one game this season by more than one goal, and that was weirdly against Man City. Yeah, it's mad, and it's like, 
they just don't keep clean sheets anymore. Uh, Lewis Dunk scoring direct free kicks against them. Yeah, and um, you had several chances to score. I know, it's <laughs> and it's, not even all from set pieces. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, it, it, it it's kind of strange. Like as you say, they haven't played that well, but they're eight points clear. I haven't was it, lost. I, I was going to say, I know at one point they were looking. Oh yeah, because Leicester scored a last minute. Yeah, I mean, everyone's looking at Man City as the, the challengers, but you know Leicester aren't going away. Um, which we'll come on to, of course, but um, it is odd. Like Liverpool, like Salah has been a shadow of himself. Like yep. not even half as good as he has been in, in previous seasons. Um, and here they were they scored two goals from set pieces, and then yep. obviously the goalkeepers had a massive brain fart. Um, finished with ten men. They've been under siege pretty much for the last twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and you know they're thrown on like Lallana and uh, it's just. It's 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 odd that they're so far clear. Like mm-hmm. they're not. It doesn't feel like they're a champion, like a, cha- uh, like a club of champions. Like they've got eleven good players as a starting team, but there's so little depth there, and yet yeah. they, every week they manage to pull this out of the bag. And I really don't know how they're doing it. Is it typical that this would be the season that they do go on and win it? Considering like for all the remember all the seasons where they've gone close, like last season and the, and then the, the Suarez Sturridge season, and whatever they would literally sweeping teams away. Mm. And looking super impressive, and then failing, and now they they're literally scraping through games. Like I think you could tell at one point that Brighton fancied this because uh, he left uh, Trossard on the bench, who's arguably one of their better players this season. So I think Potter was like thinking maybe you know we're not going to get anything out of this. We'll just try and you know damage limitations, see if we can sneak something. But like he bought Trossard on, and they had they had a real go at Liverpool. Yeah, well, the, obviously Fabinho is missing now for. Uh... I think it's eight weeks, yeah, best case. About but, eight weeks, yeah. And people are saying, well, you know, without him in front of the back four, they're going to concede more goals. But as you said, they haven't exactly been watertight anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're there to be got at in in, in many ways. Um, it might not actually be the worst thing for them to to not play that game against, I think it's West Ham, wherever it is, when they're in um, Brazil for the World Club Cup. Um, if Fabinho's out, you know, they can they can... Oh, it'd be nice to win the World Club Cup, but I think if you ask any Liverpool fan, the Premier League's got to be what they want to get checked off because they've been waiting that long to to win it again. Um, I think that the fewer league games they play, the better, really, while he's out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's kind of a bit like Man United in some of those seasons in the 90s where every week, so as a Newcastle fan, I'm looking at the score saying, oh, good, they're drawn, and it's an injury time, and then somehow, like... You know, Steve Bruce comes up with a winner, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just one or t- once or twice. Like They must have pulled games out of the fire nine or ten times a season. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where, where they're at at the minute. Um, obviously, this week it was the other way around where they had the lead and they nearly got pegged back. But if you think about the Palace game, the Villa game, um, these things are happening more and more and it's, uh, they're, they're always getting away with it. It's strange. Obviously, Liverpool had chances. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Ryan made some fantastic saves uh, as he as he has done in the past for, for Brighton. Um, but yeah, uh, the the dunk free kick though. Like, I've seen. Obviously, it's Liverpool. So Liverpool fans on Twitter are uh, second only to Arsenal fans on Twitter, uh, <laughs> complaining that the ball was moving and that they shouldn't be allowed to take uh, set piece that quickly. Uh, quickly forgetting uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's effort in the Champions League last season <laughs> when he he was a genius and stuff like that. But um, we'll, we'll forget about that for now. I don't see how they can complain because it, I, I watched this back and uh, the the ref 
blows the whistle, mm-hmm. and Adrian's just stood on the post trying to line up a wall. The wall's not listening to him, and then yeah. Dunk just passes in the corner. Yeah, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. You cannot wait all day for the goal to line his wall up. Well, the, I said the ref blew his whistle. Mm-hmm, so as soon exactly. as the whistle goes, the ball's live. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they can't have too many complaints. I mean, they, they won, so they probably won't complain that much, but uh, had, they dro- had they drop points, I guarantee we'd still be hearing about it now. Yeah. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, is continuing his form from last season. Uh, 17 assists for the season now. Um, so he has improved the defensive side of his game because I've been quite critical of that in the past. But, you know, he, he seems to be doing all right with his defensive duties now. Um, but do you see a time where they just shove him upfield? Obviously, at the moment, I don't think they've got anyone to replace him. Um, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because the reason he gets so many assists now is because he's got a lot of space because he's come from right back. You put him in centre midfield; it's a lot more congested. Um, is he going to be able to? You know, De Bruyne is very good because he's done it for a lot of years now, and you can find that that space between the lines and whip across in. Um, it's a skill Alexander Arnold will have to learn. His distribution um, is is phenomenal. Oh, I, I don't remember seeing an Englishman who can pass the ball like that since like David Beckham. No, exactly, and it's. Um, I think Gary Neville or the Carragher of the week said it's like having De Bruyne playing at right back. Like that's how how good he is with his uh, with his passing, um, and it's almost like you know we've got a really good thing going here. Why would you? Why would you derail that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see that point as well because playing in centre midfield, there's a lot more to it than just whipping across in every now and again. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he can't do it, but. He'd have to build up towards doing it. You couldn't just start playing in midfield in the Premier League next week. Because that's the thing with, with the, the Liverpool system they've got at the moment. He's obviously not going to get a right wing position and whatever, and, unless they somehow switch to a four four two and another a more defensive right back comes in. But Liverpool have had problems with their full backs in the past, I suppose, and, and it, it's obviously the way they're definitely setting up because obviously Robertson on the other side as well. But it's it's working really well. I just wish Callum Chambers had stopped watching videos of him and thinking he can do the same. <laughs> Well, he's just—he is the player Callum Chambers could have been. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. Uh, but right, to say Liverpool. It, it, at one point this weekend, it looked like everything was going their way, though, doesn't it? Didn't it? Which seems to be the case for every week this season. Well, that's the big thing, isn't it? Um, for all we're saying, Liverpool aren't playing that well. Who, who is? Um, yeah. You know, Ch- Chelsea keep throwing points away. Man City keep throwing points away. To be fair, Leicester have been very good recently, but they've got to make up an eight-point gap. Um, it's theirs to lose, isn't it? Well, there's games every three days now for the next, what, six weeks, I think? Five, six weeks? Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, with, with Liverpool, all right, yes, they've got a lot of games and they're going to go to Brazil and play, but if they're that bothered, if they think it's going to affect them that much, all right, you come back from from Brazil and you, you go into your game with Leicester and you play your full team. Don't play your full team in Brazil if, it, if it's going to affect them that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they will because they'll, you know, they've got such a cushion they can probably afford to lose a couple of games and still get away with it. But um, every other team is going to be playing three league games in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're saying you know, there's a chance people, teams are going to drop points, then maybe they'll pull the best off out of that scenario. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. You think they'll go on and win it? Uh, yes, uh, I'm fairly certain they will from here. I mean, what we're looking at, I don't. I mean, I, I kind of would like Leicester to to give them a good run for their money, mm-hmm. um, but can can you really see it? I don't know. Uh, I suppose there's a slim chance that Rogers could leave as well. 
I know he said that he he, he wouldn't today, but he said that when he was <laughs> Celtic manager. He seems a lot more certain today he's not going to leave than he did yesterday. Yeah, where, that was really strange in that interview. They're like, well, I've got a clause, you know. It's like, all right, Brendan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and weirdly, the Arsenal job is his dream job. Uh, of course it is. Which, this is like which, Mike, this is like Michael Bridges or Robbie Keane's dream club was always the next club he was going yeah, to. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it is really strange, but I don't know. That's the thing. Does does at one point Brendan think, well, you know, this Leicester team, I'm pushing it as far as I can now. I move to Arsenal and spend ten years failing there instead. I mean, I don't. You're not going to like this, but I don't really see Arsenal as being that much of a better proposition than Leicester. Not than Leicester um, at the moment, no. Because if you think in terms of like money spent. Leicester's chairman isn't exactly shy and giving them cash. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal's all right. Did in the end giving them the Pepe money, but there was a lot of rumours that there was no money for a long time. Um, obviously, Leicester are a lot better off in terms of points. Um, in terms of, if you ask me who's going to play Champions League football next season, I would say Leicester. Yeah. Pretty much certain to at this point in time. Um, Arsenal got some work to do. The only thing I can point to is the project. If if you. If you win the title with Leicester, right? Mm-hmm. Claire Jarnier got sacked the season after, right? If you win, if he went to Arsenal and turned them around, which I reckon a decent manager will do, if you go and win the, in the league at Arsenal, they'll build fucking statues of you outside the place <laughs> and stuff like that. And that's the only thing. It, it, it's the only. Thing. There's a legacy there, and obviously, yeah, winning the league at Leicester again would be a, would again would would be a legacy because even though they've won the league and they've got a really good squad at the moment, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's London, isn't it? And that's the thing, you know. No matter what Leicester do. Unless Leicester suddenly turn to Man City and dominate for seasons, no offence, Leicester fans, but you're not going to be seen as a big club. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be like remember Hoffenheim when Hoffenheim did well in Germany. Yes, and stuff like that. But obviously, there was a lot of money pumped into them and stuff like that. But they, they, in Germany, they're not seen as a big club, and I think the Red Bull clubs have the same problem now. Uh, obviously, Leicester is a little bit different because they haven't just gone in and thrown money in Galactico style at the club, but they've spent a lot. You know, but they've they've done uh-huh. it, they've done it in drips and drabs, you know, and and kept the core of the squad there, um, you know, and they, they they're plucky little Leicester. How 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 long do they stay plucky little Leicester? They, they, I don't think they'll, they'll I don't think they'll be a big club. No, I mean obviously last time they won the league, they lost Kante, who was by far the, the best player I would have said, um, and they replaced him with. Uh, Oh, pretty much nobody. Indeed, they bought Indeed, didn't they? Eventually, yeah. But the, who yeah. was that idiot? Who was that idiot they signed before him? Who um, Claude Puel kept playing? And he was terrible. Marty? He was also terrible, yeah, but not him. Um, oh, what was his name? He was also French. Okay. He'll come back to us. Never mind. Um, but yeah, I suppose the other problem, Leicester, if you think long term, is that Jimmy Vardy's not going to be around forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the big and... boys comes knocking for Madison, which is increasingly likely. Yeah. One, he's probably he, as a player, you're going to want to make that move. That's the thing. If you're a player and you're playing in that Leicester side, and a big club comes knocking, you're going to want to go. I, I, I'm not, I don't see why it'd be different for a manager. No, it's a, it's it's a fair point. Um, I just think right now Rodgers will be daft to go to the chaos that is Arsenal. Yeah, mid mid um, mid season. I, yeah. I, I think it'd be really strange. Like if it was the end of season, maybe it's a bit different. I think there was a lot of talk today about um, Youngberg getting the job to the end of the season. Um, yeah, that, that, that's been rumoured, yeah. 
So maybe that is what will happen, but yeah. I guess they'll probably give him four or five games to see how he does first. Right. But Our next few fixtures aren't great. So. Uh, <laughs> right, on with the rest of Saturday's game. So, uh, Chelsea, uh, well, Frank Lampard's Chelsea FC. We haven't done that joke in a while. If we're, we're that <laughs> there wasn't much else to say about this game. Uh, they entertain West Ham at Stamford Bridge. Uh, West Ham coming away with a 1-0 win. Their first win at Chelsea in quite a while. It was also West Ham's first win in eight games. Um, yeah, um, great goal from Cresswell. It was on his week of foot as well. Um, I, I was going to say I didn't see this come, but it's like this is the most Premier League result <laughs> there's ever been. Where like you've got one team who are kind of riding the crest of a wave, and the, you know the, the, they were written off, but they've, they've come through, and everyone's now enjoying Chelsea, which is odd in itself. Um, and against West Ham, who have lost seven in a row and conceded a hundred goals, and the goalkeeper can't catch a cold, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then obviously they change the keeper and they win one 0 so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I do have some notes. So yeah, uh, David. Is it David Martin? Yes. Came in yeah. for Roberto, but to be fair, I think they'd have probably picked somebody out the crowd to play over <laughs> Roberto this week. Uh, yeah, he's Premier League debut at what thirty three? Is he? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes yeah. Cried at full time and hugged his dad. Well. Yeah. I mean, as you do. Emo- emotional do. Yeah. Uh, Giroud came back in for the injured Tammy Abraham in, in Chelsea team news. Uh, I think they made a few changes. I think uh, Mason Mount came back. He'd missed, he'd missed a game or two as well. Uh, the one thing about this Chelsea team, because obviously we've said a few times we like them play, uh, Reese James, we've talked about English right-backs mm. so far. He looks a decent player. He does, but he got done badly on the goal. Uh, I don't, I, I, again, I don't think he's a right-back, though. Uh, no, I mean, I'm sure he played midfield for Wigan. Um, I'm almost certain. That I've got a Wigan fan on my Twitter who waxes lyrical about him every time he plays. Um, I'm almost certainly played in midfield for them, but uh, he's another one who's obviously got a lot of ability on the ball. Um, and I get the impression at Wigan it was kind of like, well, he's our, he's our best player at the club, so let's play him further forward, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which you know seemed to work uh, to at least some degree. So I feel a little bit bad for Aspilicueta because he's kind of been like Mr. Chelsea for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think he's done that much wrong other than He's not 21, and he's been kind of phased out for, uh, well, in this case, Rhys James, but... Uh, Is it a case of where's his best position? Who has for Lequetta or James? Uh, Asper, yeah. Him, Because he, um, he came in as a right-back, mm-hmm. played left-back for a period of time when I, when somebody, I think Ashley Cole was still there, was out injured or something. Yeah. Then he, when they switched to a back three, he played as a as in the back three and did mm-hmm. pretty good because you know he's a, he's he's a good all round player by the looks of him. Uh, yeah. And then he went back to right wing back and he had that success with uh, Morata at one chance. I think it, he was Morata's personal assistant yes, on, he was, on the yeah. pitch for a period of time. And then obviously other players have come in like Alonso somehow has managed to earn a living posing as a, as a left back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and then obviously they've had like Cahill, Terry, Christensen, uh, Zuma. You know, playing rotating in and out at the back. I think he. Do you think he just gets missed? Because like you, you, you. One week you think he's a right back, next week you think he's a left back, then he's a centre back. Yeah, so I suppose in some ways his versatility might count against him, but uh, he's he's been very good for a long period of time, and Chelsea's defence this season has been. Poor, I would say, by their standards. Um, I think they're another one who haven't got many clean sheets. Um, and it's all very well saying, well, you know, they the play two attacking fullbacks now in, in James and Emerson or Alonso, but 
Um, there's got to be a correlation there. They've got two young centre-backs. Why wouldn't you protect them um, where possible? Yeah, That's, especially with, with someone. You say Emerson is an attacking left-back. Alonso is a, a footballer. Uh, <laughs> neither of them are known for their defensive duties. So it would make sense playing someone like Askel Puller in there. Uh, I'm imagining at some point Chelsea go out and buy a left-back to stabilise that defence at some point now. Well, I would. Um, but I say Lampard seems to have it that he just wants everyone on the pitch to be under the age of 25 and be able to attack. Mm. So that's how he wants to do it. And, you know, he'll probably have more results like he did on uh, on Saturday because their, their away form is actually, I think it's better than their home form now. Um, but again, it's a bit like us where away from home, there's a lot of space to attack, play on the counter-attack. Um, I suppose above all else, they really missed Tammy Abraham on uh, on Saturday. And I was kind of surprised to see that Giroud got the nod over Batshuayi. Yeah, I, I think a lot of Chelsea fans um, rate Batshuayi as, as more of an impact sub, though. Because that's, that's, that's what he does all the time, isn't it? But, but then they didn't bring him on at 1-0 yeah. down. He put Pulisic up front, um, which isn't a bad idea, but I think it's always a kick in the teeth for a striker when you're 1-0 down and you're the only striker on the bench and not get brought on. Especially when you've been when you've been waiting for your chance anyway. Do you think it, Frank is now looking at maybe the transfer ban being overturned for the summer for the for the January transfer window, and he's now sussing out his options. Possibly, yeah. He, I mean, he, he does rotate his, his his squad a little, quite a bit. He, he he seems to give everybody a go. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, part of that will be keeping legs fresh because they're obviously firing on uh, Champions League as well as, mm-hmm. as the league. Um, if they can get through the Champions League group, which looks very likely now, I think they've just got Lille at home uh, in their last game. Uh, and then if they can make a fight for the top four, I mean, they've currently got a six-point gap. Um, that's a good season, really, mm-hmm. for someone who's doing their the first year in management in the top level. I think yeah. they'll be delighted with that. So if the band gets overturned and he can bring in a couple of players, if I was, if I was Lampard, I'd be looking for a centre-back, certainly. Um, is and there, just, oh, sorry. No, he just needs to figure out what his, what his best defence is really is there a lack of tenacity in this Chelsea team interesting enough they didn't create a single foul yeah I saw game, which is really weird I saw that it is odd isn't it uh, and then I realised Jorginho was a sub <laughs> and, that, and that explained most of it because he's your, your typical Italian hold midfield player where <laughs> If anyone goes past you, you just get chopped down, and that's that. Yeah, um, it was really strange. Yeah, to not commit a single foul though, when what's supposed to be a, a derby fixture. Yeah. And I know, I know there's a lot of derbies in London, but especially when you're getting beat one 0 as well. Mm. I mean, that's, uh, well, that's it's quite thing. remarkable. I, really. watched, I watched the match of the day highlights of this, and not much happened. So now I watched Sky's highlights of it, and again, not much happened. And I thought. Well, this is weird. This is like the second game on Match of the Day or the third game on Match of the Day, you know, and it seemed to be the dullest game of the weekend. Yeah, it seemed to get high billing because of the, you know, the fixture itself rather than what actually happened. Yeah. But um, I think Chelsea want to hope it's just a, an off day. Um, but I'd be surprised if they're that. Um, 
was that lame again in front of in front of goal and making chances because it's not like they missed a load of chances and were lucky to lose one 0 Like I think if anything, West Ham could have won this by more. I was going to say West Ham had a goal disallowed uh, for offside. I believe it was uh, Antonio. Oh, it was it hit his hand. I think. Oh, his some, hand, uh, isn't it? Or, yeah, or some nonsense, but he was a handful again, Antonio. Yeah, he, uh, like second game back had an impact. No, two and ah. oh, it didn't count. I was going to say yeah. got two and two now, but yeah. no, chopped uh, off. Obviously, uh, Pellegrini uh, benched Haller in an effort to try and keep his job, which is a, you know a, a big move, I suppose. It, it worked. It is. Um, we, we were saying last week that he was. It looked like he couldn't be asked against uh, against um, whoever they played last week. Can't remember uh, Spurs, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that probably showed up in his in his figures and stats and whatever it is they look at these days. Um, and when you've got Antonio in there, who's I mean, you probably frustrate the life out of you, but he's physically, you know, he's strong, he's quick. Um, he'll get you up the pitch. Mm-hmm. And all right, he's probably he's probably not as gifted technically as pretty much every other player in the league. But bloody hell, like that's the Premier League all over, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, how long does this buy Pellegrini this win? Uh, I think he'll be all right. Um, I said it last week. There's not that many alternatives at the minute. There's, there's talk of Emery. <laughs> really? I, I just can't. I can't imagine anyone just seeing the last six months at Arsenal and going, "You know what? I want some of that." <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, he's gone and nothing's much changed, as we'll come on to in a bit. So yeah. you never know. Well, I mean, as you say, we'll come on to it, but uh, I think there were obviously bigger problems than uh, than just him. Yeah. Um, I, I just think. For what it'll cost to sack him, and for what they'll be getting in return, you may as well just see how it goes for a few months, and then if it gets to February, March time, all right, maybe then you can look to make a a late uh, a late change if you need to do it to stay up. But they're um, it's going to be so tight down there anyway. That's a, couple, a, a couple of wins is going to put you up to, up the table. I mean, they, they, West Ham were down with the dead man last week, and now they're thirteenth. That's what I mean. I'm saying so if they win in midweek, put yourself in the top eight. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it is weird. I, I think unless you're at a club where things are clearly not going right off the pitch, on the pitch, whatever, making a change. Obviously, your Arsenal, Tottenham's there. They're, they're fighting for top four positions. But if yeah, if you're like you, you know, your West Ham's, you, even Everton to a degree, you know. Yeah, I mean, in the live table yesterday, they were twelfth when yeah. they were winning, um, and obviously they're seventeenth. But I mean, they they they've got. Tough fixtures coming up, like, but yeah, uh, yeah. it's um, it's difficult. I mean, obviously, we'll come on to Watford as well. They've sacked their manager um, mm-hmm. for the second time already. Um, and who they're going to get? So Mark Hughes going in there. Uh, what? Who was the guy they sacked? Maybe they could bring him back. Gracia. Oh, Gracia, just bring him back. Mm-hmm. All is, all is, all is forgiven. Yeah. So you know, the grass isn't always greener. While we're talking about the manager, uh, the manager merry-go-round, then a uh, club who have recently changed their manager and a club whose manager has been linked to every job under the sun, uh, Spurs hosted Bournemouth at the. Is it still called the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? I don't know because <laughs> during the week I called it White Hart Lane. And I was like, it's still on White Hart Lane. Well, uh, I, I, I couldn't decide if they decided to stick with White Hart Lane or call it the top because I, I just don't know, Chris. The rumor is it's going to be the Nike Stadium at some point. But there's a reason they can't unveil that yet. I think it's to do with when they unveil it, they'll have to declare the, the sponsorship money. Is what I've heard. 
and obviously uh, that plays into financial fair play. But apparently, it's all been agreed and stuff. You know, you know how like you know Derby County sold their ground to their their the tea lady or something. Like that. <laughs> um, Eric Dyer came back into the team. There was a lot of talk in midweek that he, him and uh, Mourinho's love affair was already over after he got hoisted after what twenty eight minutes. Yeah. But they were two 0 down at the time. You bring off that? a defensive player for an attacking player, then, don't you? I think so. I mean, I applaud him for doing it. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm sticking up for one Jose Mourinho and a Spurs manager here. But, well, yeah, but everyone thought, oh, that's it. Dyer's been found out. He's he's useless. Well, yes, I agree, he is. <laughs> he was straight back in the team this weekend. Uh, I think that's probably good management, to be quite honest with you. Um, as you say, I mean, they're 2-0 down at home to an Olympiagos team who were they were obviously good because in the Champions League, but the Spurs should have been beating them. So... He um he sacrificed a whole midfield player and went on to win the game what four two so mm. you know it's not like Eric Dyer can really complain. <laughs> uh, one thing I didn't watch the uh, the midweek game, but one thing I did notice from this game, so they came away three two winners. Uh, Spurs have become a long ball team though. Yes, they've been making a big deal of this. So instead of playing out from the keeper, they're yeah. literally just hoofing it up the field. It works. Well, <laughs> Do I it. mean, it works. It's, it works, and especially when you've got defenders who all right they're hoofing it up the field, but they're hoofing it with with finesse like. Yeah. Alderweireld is, is picking those passes, isn't he? Like that it's, ball uh... to Son for the first goal. One, the touch by Son was fantastic. Yes, but the ball was superb. It was, it was, and uh, you know, as I say, you may as well utilise that if you've got it. I'm guessing they've got a better pass than Casaniga does. So I mean, just let them do it. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, it works, it works. And as you say, they've got three very good players at that end of the field. Well, four, I suppose, if you if you count Ali as a forward now. Well, I um, back to form. He scored a free, free, free. Yeah. Well, he's, he's looking he like the last weekend as well. Uh, yes. He's scored his last three games, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he didn't. But he had a decent game last week. Um, he, oh, yeah, because that's when he kept the ball in, didn't he? Uh, with his arse and then played up the line. Yeah. yeah. But got a double today. Both goals very similar from long balls. One to Sun, one to him. But yeah, if it works, and he, well, he's, he's happier now, was what Mourinho said. Yeah, I wouldn't know what, what what Pochettino did to him because uh, it's it's amazing how it's he's found that form again. Do you think? That, it's, uh, do you think it's so? We discussed the other week. I think it was last week where Ali's he's that luxury player and he's not quite an, he's not quite a striker, not quite a midfielder. You, it's very hard to slot him into a setup. Yeah, and I think if you try and slot him into a setup, it, you can confuse him. If you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, and I think Mourinho has just be like, just go out there and play. Well, it's pretty much gone to like a like a four-two-three-one of them, where they've got um, your back four. You've got two sitting, and you've got Ali, Son, Mura, and Kane. Um, and overall, Ori is pushing on around one side. The left back is barely crossing halfway, which I guess is compensation for having Ali in there. Is in almost like a number ten rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that works for them, then fair play. What I don't understand is how it's so unmourinho like to be three and up in two games in a row now and end up. Finishing three two, um, and yeah, they, they were they are conceding a lot of goals, aren't they? And they were very fortunate that the two Wilsons uh, kind of got in each other's way in injury time. Yeah. Was, did you see the tackle from Vertonghen though in the middle? Yes, quality yeah. tackle. Ah, oh, very good. Yeah, he's another one who's uh, come back into form a bit because he was kind of losing his way a bit. Um, yeah. And maybe and, if uh, Bournemouth had played with eleven men rather than playing Dominic Solanke. Um, they might, <laughs> might have got something out of the game. Well, who knows what would have been achieved. Although, um, I find it quite interesting. So, obviously, Dyer played for Spurs, right? So, Bournemouth brought in Jefferson Lerma in a mm. tit-for-tat move. Uh, but they took out um, 
billing for him, so it was lumbering for billing. I, I'm just interested to know if maybe the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium pitch has a weight restriction, so they <laughs> couldn't play billing Lerma and Dyer on the same pitch. Well, maybe that's a risk, huh? Yeah, it'd it been like Clash of the Titans, wouldn't it? With them three battling away in midfield, there'd have been fucking studs everywhere. Oh, it would be a yellow card fest, that's for certain. <laughs> if Granite Jacker could sign for Bournemouth. Oh, if only. Uh, Davison Sanchez had a goal ruled out uh, for handball. Again, another handball VAR controversy. Well, I guess if, you, if that's the rule, then he has handballed it, and that's the end of that. I mean, I mean it's. It's probably not a handball near us on the field, but uh, yeah, that's the that's just the way it is now, isn't it? Yeah, Harry Wilson got a double. One of them wasn't a set piece. Uh, no, I was surprised <laughs> as you. <laughs> yeah, I was when I saw that he'd scored twice. I was like, oh, two free kicks in the edge of the area. Then uh, first one was a pretty decent free kick, to be fair. Um, a bit tame on his. It won't be one of gone his highlight reel. Yeah, it's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't start. Um, he as you say, he's in, he's in and out all the time, isn't he? Yeah, but he's he's got he's got quality, hasn't he? He's a set piece specialist, you know. Well, that as well. Know. But as you say, it's him or Solanke. Like, who are you going to pick? Mm, yeah, maybe. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, Bournemouth. They say that both goals were late to bring them back into it, and yeah, they had that. Ch- they had chances to to get a point out of the game. Um, It'd be interesting to see what Mourinho does to to shore that up. You know, he's got Loris coming back soon, which will obviously help loads. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you think uh, Spurs can go on a run up the table, or do they still look a bit shaky? Uh, no, I think they'll be. I mean, already up to fifth, which is remarkable, really. When we think, you know, they were being talked down as being a mid-table they, team they now. <laughs> two weeks ago. I know that's just how tight the league is. Um, but yeah, the, they've got is it Man United away? I think on yeah, Tuesday. Man United in the week. You know, must be, must be, they're going to be up for that game, aren't they? It must be Wednesday night. But I mean, God, it's your. Uh, it's it's. I'm really looking forward to it in a way because I, just, I can't decide if Mourinho is going to do his classic like park the bus job and win one nil, uh, or whether he's going to let this team play the way they have been so far. Because either way, they'll probably win, um, which will be funny. So let's just see what happens. Uh, right, the rest of the three o'clock is then really, really quickly. I think there's only one more left. Uh, Burnley hosted Crystal Palace. Uh, Burnley had won their last two games 3-0. Uh, Crystal Palace hadn't won in five games. Uh, obviously, Palace came away 2-0 winners. Uh, Zaha scored his second goal of the season in consecutive games now. And uh, Jeffrey Schlupp putting in a second. Both from Burnley errors. Yeah, well, the big take-home from this for me was that Crystal Palace had two shots on target and scored two goals. Yep. Um, Nick Pope, who has been brilliant for them pretty, pretty much since he got in the in the team, like both times, mm-hmm. um, but he was very poor on Saturday, which is hopefully for him a one-off. Yeah, he got um, he, he got beaten at his near post, didn't he? For the first, he goal. did. Yeah, and I guess that he'll be hoping he's not going to join the long line of players who have been very good and then played for England and then been terrible. <laughs> um, see Fraser Forster, who was uh, never been the same since Scott Carson, uh, Jack so Butland. Many. So yeah, many down the years. <laughs> so when he turned out for Stoke in a couple of seasons, well, you'll know why. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a weird game in, in this. Burnley had chances uh, as well. I think uh, Chris Wood missed an open goal. Pretty much, yes. Um, did you see Coyotes miss? I did. Yes. That, that Bloody it, hell! That would have been an assist had uh, it not been disallowed. 
before I thought it. Yeah, it, it was it was it was a really 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 strange game. Uh, Scott Dan trying to play with one leg for about no, ten minutes, no. as well. <laughs> and I think that's when that's when Zaha scored from that. Was it Zaha's goal that came from? That? I know one of the goals came for it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was Zaha's goal, and then uh, yeah, Ben Me. Uh, who only uh, every time he makes an error, they're that rare. They both they all seem to lead to goals. I remember he did he did something stupid last season. You can see the goal at one point for this one. I, I, ah, yeah, last season he kicked the ball against himself. Oh yes, to concede to concede the goal. And I thought he'd done the same this time, but he, he just he, he instead he didn't actually hit him. He just miskicked it. Yeah, I mean, Pope and me, um, along with Tarkovsky, I like the kind of the spine of Burnley's success for me. Like. Those those three combined make them very difficult to beat. Uh, and when two of them have had absolute shitters by all accounts, they're going to get they're going to get beat. Um, I think though Palace probably deserve a bit more credit. Like I think Roy Hodgson seemed a bit of a joke because of obviously it was it was terrible for Liverpool. It was not pretty poor for England. Um, but his record with with bang average clubs like look what he did at Fulham, West Brom. He's now doing it with Palace. Like mm-hmm. he does deserve a lot of credit because um, yeah. Palace are eleventh with. 18 points, the two points off fifth. So he took them over when they were, I think, what, they'd lost five, six on the bounce at the start of the season under De Boer, and then whoever was De Boer's replacement for a bit. Um, and they've never looked back since. Like, they haven't really been close to being relegated or mm. c- certainly not, like, gone down to the wire or anything any of the seasons. And uh, the thing he knows. The Palace, though, is they've got, um, they've got, like, a very lopsided squad. So like before this game, they had injury problems. You know, obviously Gay Chaos coming and he was missing and and stuff like that. And they don't seem to have a striker. Well, they've got a striker. They just don't seem to have strikers who can score mm. uh, as well. It, it, it's well, like that. He's basically found. He knows that Zaha's the, the best player by far. So he sets this team up in a way that's going to get him in the most dangerous positions. Now, if that means playing. Kiyate on the right wing every now and again and as you say Ayu and Benteke between them just don't score goals um, somehow they get it done just by having a solid platform and yeah. they can play for 10 minutes and score one two goals off set pieces anything like that um, and then go back in their shape for 80 minutes and that's just how they get by and you know they, they, they very rarely get thrashed I know they lost heavily at Spurs um, they got a bit blitzed for 45 minutes but Generally, they are a very, uh, very wily old team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And they say that they're not usually. The, usually, the thing with Palace is it's traditional. They start terribly mm. and stuff like that. And they say, I think you're right. You know, they've done really well. That you know, they're, they're they're where you'd expect them to be, generally. Yeah, and the fact that we expect Palace to be eleventh in the Premier League, I think that says it all. Really, um, certainly through most of my lifetime, they've been. Um, Second tier club up until the last five six years. I know that a couple of a couple of Premier League seasons along the way, but the fact they're now established Premier League club, we don't really expect to go down. Um, a bit like Burnley, really. They're um, they're punching above their, their stature for me, but uh, thoroughly deserved. Talking about punching above them, we'll come on to the five thirty. Uh, Southampton versus Watford. What a televised game this was! I'm sure everybody dropped their uh, Christmas shopping to go home and watch this. 
Uh, I did see something somewhere that the reason that Sky had chosen this weekend to show this is that obviously there's a contract where they have to show each Premier League team. I think they have to be shown a minimum of eight times during a season or something like that. And they just thought, well, fuck it, everyone will be out shopping. We'll put Southampton and Watford on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, Southampton won like 2-1 winners uh, against Watford. Uh, So this was the worst defence versus the worst attack in the Premier League. I genuinely thought it was going to be (laughs) 0-0. Well, I actually thought it would be as well, but... uh... Somehow, we end up with three goals and quite a bit of controversy along the way. One question I've got to ask. If there's any Southampton fans um, listening to this, why does Southampton come out to hate me now? <laughs> why? I don't, think they, I don't think they come out to it. I think it's the music they play as they're getting ready for kick-off. So when they're warming up on the pitch and then like they're bringing the, the captains together for the toss and whatever, they play the, the instrumental version of Hate Me Now by Puff Daddy. And I don't get it. If it was somewhere like Millwall or somewhere like that, I, I get it. But Southampton, they're, they're not that sort of club. You, you never think of Southampton. Like you could, you imagine a fucking Southampton ultra is some geezer in an anorak eating a cucumber sandwich and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, it bothered me for a while, and I wrote it down this week. Why? Why do they do it? Well, we'll ask. Uh... Our four listeners and see if anyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Do any of you know a Southampton fan? Or, or is Chris supporting Southampton this week? Maybe he can tell us. <laughs> I'll tell you what he's not supporting. Christmas. Christmas. Good. Christmas is fucking shit. But that's a, that's a whole other t- topic. It is. Um, so, basically, Southampton got away with one because... Um, is it Gineppo? 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 Yeah, handled the ball. Yeah. Ah, uh, he handled the ball. I don't get how this wasn't picked up at the time. Well, this is what's annoying me. Like they're gonna, they have these stupid fucking rules, and then they don't even pick them up. Like <laughs> it was like basketball. He literally passed, palmed it forward, and they came out pretty quickly after the game and said, "Oh yeah, we probably yeah. we." It wasn't. It wasn't like this. Wasn't Mike Riley on Sky the next day? This was the VAR team themselves come out and like, "Oh yeah, we probably should have." Uh, Probably should go. That's the problem probably with Christmas, Dave. I bet there were mince pies in, in that fucking in Stockton Park no. and whatever, and they were eating mince pies and they missed it. Well, if you want to blame Christmas for it, then that's fine. Yeah, I'm blaming um, Christmas for Southampton winning. But it is pathetic, isn't it? Like, surely when a goal goes in, they've got, you've got a checklist in front of you of, of like things to look for. Like, yeah. has anyone handled the ball? Oh, he has. Oh yeah, he has. Like, no, yeah, we should probably disallow that then. Like, I mean, I think Sanchez Flores would have lost his job eventually anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, he was. I think, you know, what Watford are like, they seem to have these uh, moments where they say, oh, well, you know, we're going to lose the manager. Like last time when they had a new manager in place within like four hours of sacking the old one. Well, apparently they were supposed to announce someone today, weren't they? Well, I say Mark Hughes was in from 25 to 1 to evens at tea time today. Really? So, uh, I know it was between Hewton and Clement this morning. How Paul Clement must have a fucking good agent. <laughs> like, he, he is... He's failed miserably everywhere he's been, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, but he was a good assistant, wasn't he? You know, he's got Real Madrid on uh, his CV, mate. Yeah, he's got yeah, Real Madrid on his CV. He's gonna, he's, fucking little clubs like Watford are gonna be creaming themselves over him. Yeah, but little clubs like Derby and Redden also cream themselves over them, and look where they've got, look where it got them. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> nowhere. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, uh, I find it strange that so Sar scored for Watford their opening goal. He's mm. their record signing. This was his second Premier League game. Yeah, that's odd as well. I think he's had um, minutes as a sub and whatever, but it was only his second start. Who's signing players there? Although oh, 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 Flores wouldn't have signed him, would they? Because he's no, their second I, manager of the season. I, I just don't know. Um, I, I don't want to alarm you either, but there's no market on Skybet for Watford's next manager anymore. So I don't know whether it's like we've missed the white smokey and they've appointed someone, but 
Maybe. Well, we could have had some breaking news there, but... Uh, Preston West Ham, something about any Joshua going to Nigeria. Uh, no? Has Virgil van Dijk won the Ballon d'Or? Well, I can't, I can't see anything on here. Oh, well. It doesn't look like they've reported anybody. Maybe we should just uh, record three different versions of the podcast. Well, we've congratulations to Mark Hughes, congratulations to Chris Houghton, congratulations to Paul Clement, and then we'll let Ross just edit whichever one he's right. I don't, I don't think we'd congratulate anyone, to be honest. Oh, right, we, there is some breaking news, though. The, the top five players in the world, oh. Sadio Mane, in no particular order, Sadio Mane, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Virgil van Dijk, and Mohamed Salah. They are well. the official top five. Alisson is number seven. Good God. Um, just to go off topic here, I just googled Watford manager. Okay. It brings up Kiki Sanchez Flores at the top, which a bit harsh. <laughs> um, and if you scroll down through the, the nonsense, it gets to the people also ask, and the first question is, does Elton John still own Watford? <laughs> does he? No, uh, he doesn't. No, it's that no, weird. No. It? Yeah. And then the fourth question is, why does Watford have a moose? <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer? What's the answer? Uh, it just says Watford's nickname is the Horn, so the nickname was chosen by the club supporters because they play in yellow and black. I don't know why, why this moose question comes from. I'm going to search for why does Watford have a moose. Well, Feel do. free to move on. Yeah, I was going to say they're they're um they 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 a moose, isn't it? Or is that just Troy Deeney? In 1978, Watford changed their crest again to that of a heart, a male deer, to represent the town's location in the country, Hertfordshire. It is not a moose. <laughs> It's not a moose. That's, there's there's oh. your there's your pod title right there. It it's is not a moose. Not a moose. Brilliant. Right. Um, James anyway. Ward-Prowse's free kick was, nah. was staggering. Good free kick, though. It was a good free kick. He's another set piece specialist, isn't he? But he can play the ball a bit. I do like James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, we talked on before. He's he's, he's um, brilliant at dead balls and. You know, in the nineties would have been the best player in the league, but unfortunately, now to be a success, you need legs, and he hasn't got any. So, um, he'll probably never go on to great things. But um, we can admire his ability to score free kicks and make Ben Foster look like an idiot. So, uh, and I will also ask, uh, how long does this buy Hurston hurdle? Well, they didn't seem that keen to sack him anyway. Like the board, for once, was saying to be like, you know what, we like you, we don't like the players, so we're going to blame the players. I love um, them are Marquise's players, I suppose. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be enough to annoy anybody, really. Um, but uh, what I didn't understand was when they made a sub, uh, Sofian Bufal got actively, like, cheered on. Like, it was like a, you know, like, like Sofian Bufal was going to sort all their problems out. He's lively, though, isn't he? Is that just, like, he's not Danny Ings? Who is also who is also like pretty much single handedly keeping them up at the I minute. I was going to say, hasn't he scored like two thirds of their goals this season? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's just single handedly doing it. I mean, Shane Long came on, and you know, what, what what's weird about Shane Long is he always gets a chance and he always finds a hilarious way to miss it. Like <laughs> this one, he had one shot like scooped on the bar where it looked easy to score, and then another one got cleared off the line where he just like forgot to pull his foot back to shoot, and it just kind of like hit off his shin and got hooked off the line. It's like well. You what, could just be asked. What, what's be... happened to the lad they paid twenty million pound for? You'll have to narrow it down. Which one? Uh, not Danny Ings, the young one from Birmingham City. Oh, Shea Adams. I think he's. Shea Adams. I almost said Ched Evans. I think it's no, definitely well. not him. No, he paid uh, twenty million for someone else. But um, yeah, che- 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 Cheatham's uh, just didn't score in like five games. And like just consigned to the scrap heap. 
it'll be. Yeah, it'll he, be he seems to have vanished. Like we've all, everyone's waiting for his first goal, and you know, obviously Blues fans around here still rave about him. Although they still talk about Nicholas fucking Bentner for God's sake. Uh, um, well. But yeah, like where, where's where's he gone? Uh, he's got loan the championship written all over him. Um, I mean, for his sake, I hope he does well, but he he didn't in the first couple of games, and then obviously Southampton's position got worse and worse, and that's why they now play. Um, Michael Oberfemi. Yeah, so Oberfemi looks all right. I'm surprised that Ings gets in this team. I was really surprised that they paid £20 million for him as well. I thought they got him for like £5 million or something. Um, but, because they've got that Ginepo now who's pretty quick and lively with the ball. Uh, yeah. Martins is pretty quick and lively with the ball. Uh, Buffal is pretty decent, like whipping the ball in and stuff like that. And then you've got Danny Ings just trudging. <laughs> trudging in behind them and yeah, stuff like, he, he's never been the quickest has he and he's about 100 years old isn't he? Are you, he you're going to tell me he's about 24 now probably oh I mean I'll google it while we're, while we're thinking about it but he just doesn't miss like it's not like you come away thinking oh well Danny Ings missed a load of chances today he just one chance one goal yeah he's literally scrambled scrambled in that goal didn't he Danny Ings is 27 yeah I knew I knew he was going to be under 30 but, you, but he looks older like I'm guessing he sleeps outside and um and he, he, again he seems to have been around been around forever. Um, Watford, I'm I'm saying it now. I think Watford are going down. Defensively, a point. Um, Unless they fucking bring in Pochettino, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you, I mean I don't see that team staying up. It can't know, be healthy when they've had so many managers in such a short amount of time. Like, whose players are they? The thing is, though. Don't they have like all these other clubs who they're linked to? So if they're in the shit in January, they're suddenly loaning all these players from like Italy and Spain. And aren't the Premier League's loan rules quite stringent now? I think you can only have like four. Lo- it's not like a Championship where like ninety percent of their squad was loan players when they got promoted. <laughs> um, I think they can only ha- you can only have like four or something. Because at one point, did- didn't they sign players from their own clubs on like low deals? And stuff like that, because oh yeah, we've just signed this player for four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I think they are probably the favourites to go down now. Um, I kind of hope they do as well, because I think any club who keeps changing the manager every couple of months and attempts to stir themselves at the table are just trying to cheat. Like you yeah. kind of just keep hoping this, this mythical new new manager bounce. Well, like, they're, they're, point... they're addicted to it, aren't they? They it's are. That bounce and it's like you can't do it four times a season. Yeah, I find it quite funny as well. Like they're getting beaten. Troy Deeney still sat on the bench now. I, I know they've made their subs, but yeah, but it takes him f- four seasons to get fit, Dave. No, true. Yeah, um, all those cups of tea he's got a you know run off. I did see someone uh, advocating him as the next manager to do. Fucking hell! Could you imagine? I mean, I would love to see it. Fucking hell! He'd be all. He'd, like, they'd all turn up black and blue. I, I think I knew that Watford were in trouble when I, I, I heard the phrase uh, Watford are just waiting for Troy Deeney to get full fitness and they'll be up and running again and like, I'm sorry, they, they've got some decent players in that squad, Troy Deeney ain't your answer yes he's probably going to come in and score goals because he's a sh- massive shithouse literally mm. a massive shithouse um, <laughs> but yeah it's, it's weird isn't it? you're pinning your hopes on somebody who was playing non-league football a few seasons ago it is weird you know what else is weird did you know Danny Ings has an England cup Yes, uh, oh. played against someone really terrible. Was it like what? Was it one? It's one. You know, you know, fucking everyone's got an England cap. I'm surprised me or you haven't been called up yet. And stuff like oh. that. They literally thrown him out for tough. It was like San Marino or somebody equally rubbish. It was Lithuania. Yeah, yeah. He he played half an hour in a three nil win. Yeah, you know, David Nugent has an England cap and a goal. 
Yeah, it was against Andorra, though, wasn't it? So. Yeah, Michael Ricketts mm. got an England cap, and look what happened to him. Madness. Right on to Sunday's game. Just checking. Yeah. Haven't missed anyone. No, I think I think we've we've uh, milk Saturday to death. Oh, yeah, 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 to avoid talking about Sunday's games. Uh, so the early games. We'll do the first one. Uh, Wolves hosted Sheffield United in the battle for fifth place, as this was this was labelled. Um, Mousset still scoring, although only scored five. Weirdly, um, the touch for that goal though. Oh, good goal. Good. Chef United just do what they always do now, seemingly, and that's uh, play at the system. Um, I think they'll be quite happy with the point. Wolves gave a debut, uh, well, a full debut to their England international, Kilman. Oh, the futsal player. The futsal player, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, he's played quite a few games for him. He looks, he looks quite good. Uh, yeah. It's, I just kind of, like, it's so odd. Like, obviously, all the Portuguese super agents involved with Wolves. I just love to think Nuno was just watching some football one day. He's like, this guy. Well, they signed him from like Maidenhead or somebody, didn't they? Yeah, yeah well. They him from non-league and, and stuff like that. So obviously the, the, the scouts have, uh, uh, have seen him and thought he's all right. But yeah, he did, did all right. Uh, one interesting thing from this. So we spoke earlier on about, I can't remember who it was, uh, about a left-back cutting inside. Oh, was it Creswell? Yes. Creswell cutting inside, having a shot on his weaker foot. Did you see Ender Stevens in this game? Oh, yes. He, he cut inside and then probably uh, realised he'd made a mistake. Yes, I did say that. Um, yeah, some people aren't suited to the old cut inside and shoot other. But it was a great turn and he had all the time in the world <laughs> and then decided to go back the way he came. Like, yeah, absolute madness. And uh, David McGoldrick. He's does, never ever going to score a Premier does, League. Goal. Does not belong belong in the Premier League, does he? Him and him and Billy Sharp should go back to the Championship where they belong. I mean, he works really hard, and it's probably one of those where it helps the team. But he's mm-hmm. never going to score. Like, he made Patricio look like a shot stopper, which he is. yes. <laughs> Who do you think will score first out of him and well, any of Newcastle's forwards? <laughs> I think McGoldrick will probably get one before Joe Linton does. Although well, maybe, so, maybe McGoldrick could in, well, in that Newcastle team. I mean, Joe Linton already has one. Well, yeah, but, you know, that was a while again. ago. <laughs> again. It, 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 it was. Scores again. Okay, he'll definitely score before Almiron. Oh, right, okay. Although Almiron did get his first assist this weekend. Uh, I, I mean... I generally thought you got up and left then when I heard your microphone go. <laughs> I did think about it. No, um, I don't really agree with these assist rules either because, like, if someone has a shot which the keeper spills and someone puts in the rebound, that's an assist for me. Yeah, for the goalkeeper, because he touched it. Uh, well, I suppose, yeah. We'll agree to disagree. Uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Matt Doherty uh, scored an equaliser in this. Quite an eventful game. Uh, a touching tribute to Amora Afobi in this game. Yeah. All players wore black armbands. Yeah, it was very sad news, wasn't it? Benic Afobi not having the best of times. But you'd probably argue the last two seasons. Uh, maybe for someone who looked so bright at one point as well. Really, really unfortunate. Um, so, yeah, both teams could have gone fifth with a win, but a draw keeps them, I think, sixth around that area. Yeah, I think they're fifth and sixth, aren't they? Yeah, do, do, doing all right. Um, are the wheels ever going to come off this Sheffield United team? Well, they're playing us on Thursday, so, you know, if we can't do it, no one can. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they, they didn't look as effective against Wolves, to be fair. No, I mean, they play very similar systems, I think, don't they? Um, just without the whole overlapping centre-backs thing. Yeah. Um, but I think they're two similar teams. Um, I think Wolves have finished the higher of the two, um, but 
I think Sheffield United have got enough about them to they're bound to have a dip at some point. Um as most promoted clubs do at some point. But uh, uh as we said last week, they've actually got a reasonable run of fixtures now, um until the end of the year pretty much, so probably won't be any time soon. Yeah, it's it's gonna be gonna be an interesting one. Um yeah, that's about all I've got for this game. God damn. Uh, say so Sheffield United scored after two minutes. Uh but yeah, Mousset I know he's only scored five goals, and it, every goal does seem to get highlighted a lot more because of how poor he was um, for Bournemouth. I've actually seen Bournemouth fans sticking up for him. Well, I mean, there's got to come a time where, like, you look at Eddie Howe, who's, I think Paul Merson made this point on Saturday, um, how Eddie Howe's played a lot of money for, for Ibe, for um, for Mousset, and for Solanke, and hasn't got a tune out of any of them. Mm-hmm. And then plays like one elsewhere and doing quite well. Mm-hmm. So, like, is it, is it him, or is it, uh, yeah. or, or do these players just not like the South Coast air? Yeah, maybe. Well, hopefully, maybe he'll have more fun on, in Liverpool when he moves up there next weekend. <laughs> uh, the other early game then was the mighty Norwich taking on Arsenal. Uh, Freddie Lundberg's first game in temporary charge after the sad sacking. Oh, sorry, <clears throat> the, the the removal of the sad sack at Unai Emery. <laughs> um, uh, of course, Timor Pocket ended his gold drought. Standard. Yeah, uh, Mustafi started his first uh, Premier League game of the season uh, with em- with Emery gone, um, and yeah, uh, it-, it shows that you know j- it's not just quite as simple as changing the manager. That new manager bounce that Watford are so keen on definitely wasn't a thing at Carrow Road uh, this weekend. Um, Arsenal were better, I'll give them that, uh, but again, two two goals for Norwich came from two mistakes uh, Callum Chambers who don't get me wrong I like Callum Chambers he, he is not a right back and he's not Trent Alexander-Arnold Even it's like he runs up, up runs up as an attacking fullback and then his boots come off <laughs> and then by the time he's put them back on the other team are at the other end attacking I think for, for, I think for both Norwich goals if you look at them you can see Callum Chambers chasing his man yeah I was quite surprised to see um not only Chambers at right back ahead of... Is Bellerin injured or just rested or what? Uh, he's, he's injured, he's pulled his hamstring again. Oh dear. So it was to uh, be expected that he was going to... Yeah, that's fair enough. But um, no Taney and Kolasnach back in, that was a bit surprising yeah. as well. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm not sure what's going on. The fact that Pepe is still on the bench when everyone blamed well, Emery for that as well, there's obviously something there. The whole team selection was, was bizarre um, for me as well, but um, to then bring Saka on ahead of Pepe, like, yep. that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like, there's, there's obviously so, something going on there. Yeah, it's almost like proving a point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd, I'd love to know what it is. There was obviously a lot of talk in the week about why Emery got the bullet. Um, <sighs> I, think, I don't think I can really argue with him going because the results were, were terrible. Yeah, he'd lost the dressing room as well. It was, it, I think I said last week it was clear that he'd lost the dressing room. Yeah, um, Messi's won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, who, who saw that coming? They've made a new trophy, haven't they, this year for goalkeepers? So Alice, yeah, Allison won it yeah. uh, and stuff like that. So who can who can fourth then? Because uh, oh, uh, I don't know, I don't know. What? I only saw uh, Salah was fifth. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh well, never mind. Um, so yeah, um, 
how do you feel then? Do you want Jumberg to stay in for a while or do you think we should just go all out for Allegri now or what, what do you see happening next? So the talk is that Allegri won't come until the end of the season. He's enjoying his sabbatical or, or whatever. Right. And he would prefer a pre-season. Uh, I can't remember if we said this last week. It, 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 someone like him, he's going to want... He would have to be told, look, come in now and between now and May is your pre-season. Anything that comes out of it is a bonus. And stuff like that. It'll be a bit weird because obviously you've got a January transfer window, and unless there's people he want, he knows straight away will come in and fit certain positions. There would it would be pointless making signings in January if that was the case, uh, or they'd just be short term signings perhaps. Uh, I think the same would be with Rogers. He would probably want to come in at the end of the season, see how this turns out with Leicester. Um, I. If we get the, it's the thing. It's a hindsight thing. If we get the right man, I'm, I'm willing to wait till the end of the season. But we are still in the Europa League. Uh, obviously, the FA Cup's coming up, and you know we've got to buy into the fourth round because we're playing <laughs> Sorry, Ross. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but the, the t- it's, it's clear the team needs a lot of work. You know, so whoever comes in, if they, if, if we, if we bring somebody in before Christmas. It's not the ideal time to bring somebody in. So there's games every three days, and stuff like that. And, and we've got quite a run of fixtures coming up. You know, we've got Man City on the fifteenth, uh, and then like I think Man United on January the first, and and stuff like that. So it's it's difficult to bring somebody at Christmas because you got to think if you're an out of work manager at the moment, especially, or, or even a manager at another club, you know, do you want to uproot your life in December? Well, yeah, there's that. As you say, like it's quite hard for a manager to come in and be expected to put his own stamp on a team wins a game every three days yeah. because you're basically just picking the team, aren't you? You're not going to be able to change yeah. there's very little style. Tra- very little training, a lot of travelling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, it's going to be very difficult. So I, I, I would be in favour in, in, in Freddie and, and Pear and that lot steadying the ship until the end of the season. You know, we're not. I don't think we'll get relegated and stuff like that. But yeah. It, it it just means we have to put up with this till the end of the season because I don't I don't think it'll get any better until we've got a manager who's been given a pre-season at least with them and I think even then unless there's a massive overhaul and stuff like that but yes yeah, so they look better it's weird like watching this game uh, the commentators curse struck well and truly because I think Alan Smith was uh, praising Arsenal for, you know, we'd had more attempts on goal, uh, we'd limited Norwich to um, a few attacks, and this is when the game was 1-1, and literally as he finished saying it, uh, Campbell scored. Yeah, what was your opinion on the, the retaken penalty? Uh, uh, Cruel's a massive bellend. <laughs> uh, same thing happened, was it last weekend it happened? Yeah, Leicester and Brighton. Yeah. I think what made it worse is that it was Aaron who cleared the ball. Well, yeah, I think if, if, I if think he hadn't... I think, I think if he hadn't, he'd probably got away with it. Yeah, but that's, that's, unfortunately, I guess with the technology being brought in, they're obviously going to look at us and that's the rule. So it. it's, it's ridiculous because it's something that hasn't happened yeah, for yeah. years and years because refs don't concentrate on the encroachment. That's supposed to be the linesman's job. But I think now the linesmen are watching for the, the goalkeeper coming off his line. Yeah, I mean the thing is, they they made five men standing around the penalty area. They did make a big deal in the summer of saying the VAR wasn't going to look at the goalkeeper coming off his line, Mm -hmm. but it was. But they were going to look at encroachment, and and you know they have. So yeah, and the referee mentioned it before the game because I thought because um, you know sometimes I've been convinced that match of the day um, record their um, their um, voiceover after the game. 
Oh yeah, definitely. But I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely sure because in this game it was mentioned before the penalty was even awarded, just in general chit chat while the game was going on, that oh there'd been a talk about encroachment and stuff like this. I'm thinking, hang on a fucking minute. The um, certain uh, certain commentators go back and record ah. uh, record like bits to make them be in like what's actually happened or if they've missed something at the time or you know something like that so. ah okay so I wonder wonder if it is that but I, I, I looked at a video on YouTube from a, a, a looks at another highlights package and they had mentioned it at the beginning there'd been a lot of talk mm. about encroachment so I, unless they're all doing it and stuff huh. like that but you know yeah the referee had told them that was the case uh, and whatever and I think I think before the penalty was taken you can see the referee telling them yeah well, about I mean, it as well which referees generally do before before any penalty they tell them like stay back yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah, you, rules are rules. You, you know, you can't argue it. But what Tim Krull was playing at after Aubameyang shushed him, like, uh, was... what did he think he? You know, he he gave a lot of shit. You know, I think at one point the referee, because the referee booked him, didn't he, for it? Because he was time wasting and being yes. a bit of a dick. And then um, when the penalty was being retaken, when they were set, when um, the decision was being made, Tim Krull was screaming at Aubameyang. Absolutely, like the sky cameras picked it up, and everything. I'm sure they had to apologise for the language he was using. I know, I know. Obviously, keepers try to get in the the heads of the penalty taker, but there's a there's a line, of course. <laughs> well, I don't mind him doing it. It's just his reaction afterwards when Bamiang shushed him, and he mm. literally went after him like a madman. And Ertzor's just like, "What, what are you doing?" <laughs> I love the way Kalasnak uh, comes over, and he quickly turned around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now, did you see uh, Klasenak with that other Norwich player? I don't know who it was because I don't know many of the Norwich lads. When uh, he he literally turned around as if he was going to kill whoever had just like squ- tackled him and whatever, and saw who it was Klasenak, and like probably was like, you could you could see he'd had a change of heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't fight him, like would yeah, you? There was a, there was a thing going around on Twitter, like uh, it was like it was like caption this, and that it was the picture of like Klasenak stood there like squared up to him, and um, a lot of the quotes were. Yeah, it's me. I fight off machetes with bare, my bare hands. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Aubameyang uh, saved saved us. Two goals and stuff like that. I'm going to say something really controversial, Dave. That seems to be a thing every week now. There What's is that? There is talk that Real Madrid are going to offer £70 million for Aubameyang in, in January or the summer. If anyone from Arsenal is, is listening, please take the money. Really? What, what's, well, he's, thir- what's he's 31 now. Or com- is he? Coming, he's coming 31. Oh God, he's, he's, in, he's definitely 30 um, yes he's our top goal scorer and whatever and I'm pretty sure I've said this on the sh- on this show before possibly last season I generally think we would be better off without him P- uh, positionally mm. I think Lacazette is easily our best striker because the way he holds the ball up in the box Pepe ain't going to get into this team while Aubameyang's playing because I saw some Arsenal fans complain that uh, Aubameyang was being used on the on the right wing uh, this weekend. He wasn't. We played two up top with Ertzel in behind. Uh, so I'm not sure what that was all about. Um, I know when Saka came on, obviously it changed our shape a bit and whatever. But I don't know. There's something about Aubameyang at the moment that he's just rubbing me up the wrong way. There's rumours that he was a lot to do with the Emery situation. Like he did that whole thing with um, when he was told off to stay away from troops. Have you heard about this? I haven't. No. So you, you're aware who troops is? Oh God, no. Okay, so troops is one of the uh, AFTV Belair. Right. Okay. Cool. And he somehow Obama he has managed to befriend a number of players at the club, um, and 
Aubameyang is one of them that constantly pictured together and whatever. Aubameyang lets him use his box and stuff like this. Uh, but obviously, AFTV not for profit. They're not getting anything out of them themselves. They're literally <laughs> just real fans telling out he's buying their tickets every week. Of course you are. Um, and Troops has alluded. I, I'm, I'm guessing this is bollocks, judging by the sort of character he seems to be. That he's got the ear of several of the players and stuff like this. And now we've all this talk about um, Emery being uh, undermined and stuff at the club. A lot of talk has been that it's a because he's he's that sort of player. And stuff like that, he he'll he'll have a dig and whatever because he's he's the best. He's probably one of the best players at the club easily. So you know he, he you know he can say whatever he wants. He's not really going to get dropped, is he? Um, no. Yeah, I just think the if the so when that came out that the club the club had had a word with him, told him stop hanging around with troops, stop letting him use his box because he was a bad influence. He literally put out an Instagram post within hours, and it was a photo of like his stupid coal or whatever, and it was basically I'll speak to who the fuck I want. Ah, oh, great. And stuff like that. And it's just like straight away you're just thinking, well, whether you agree with it or not, if that's how you feel, that's fine. You know, because we've, we've all been told things by our bosses and we think, well, fuck off, whatever. But you don't, don't make it public. And there's talk that it has caused problems with Bellerin. Because obviously Bellerin's been at the club a long time. He's what would be the closest thing we have to an Arsenal boy in that dressing room now. And he has been quite vocal against a certain YouTube channel. And the idiots who run it. And apparently that has caused problems in the dressing room as well because Bellerin is just like, why are you hanging around with these dickheads? But um, weirdly, on Friday morning, I saw people from that channel taking credit for the decision that was made. Really? On Friday morning, because it was down to them because they had got the ear of the board and the the club were, were listening to them now. And because of them, they were um, Emery had been sacked. This is the same YouTube channel that on Thursday night was letting Chelsea fans openly talk about who the next Arsenal manager should be, because they have a thing where they will let anyone talk. That apparently that's the thing. But it, um, the root, well, I'll say allegedly because this got one of the guys they interviewed. He's quite a well-known Chelsea fan, and at first it was just like, okay, he's obviously just gone down there, pretended to be an Arsenal fan. Then it came out that apparently these guys all know who he is because he's worked with them before. Oh, good, good. And they were more than happy for him to come on and say whatever he wanted. And <laughs> I know they do interview practically everyone who hangs around. Everyone gets their camera time, but they don't publish all of those videos. No, and Funny no. enough, his did get published because obviously he said something controversial about the manager being fired. Oh, dear. But yeah. So yeah, that's that's part of my reason that I think we we... If we're gonna if we're gonna cut up cut out the cancer at the club, unfortunately, I think some difficult decisions are gonna have to be made. Uh, and another one of those is to stop playing Callum Chambers at right back. <laughs> well, we can we can only live in hope of that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's I think progress has been made. And I say, Freddie only had like one morning with them. How, have you seen Paul Scholes today? Make a fool out of himself. Yes, Jumpergate. Yeah, ju- Jumpergate. I wish he had Twitter so he could see all the pictures of him in a jumper. <laughs> on his ultimate managerial debut. Stupid man. Fucking ridiculous. I remember when Paul Scholes was a player, you couldn't get him to do an interview. Ah, uh, no, he won't shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just like, yeah, come, come and film me whenever you want. <laughs> Stuff like that. Madness. Uh, two more Saturday, uh, Sunday games. Then uh, we'll start with the uh, the non-interesting one. Well, it was an interesting one. Uh, Manchester United hosted uh, Newcastle's conquerors Aston Villa at Old Trafford. Um, Jack Grealish scored a wonder goal. He did. Um, he's 
looking every bit of Premier League player now. Uh, and, and of course, all the talk is going be in the England squad, which, to be honest, I'm amazed he's not in the England squad already. I don't think he. Get, I, think, I think he's like Madison now. It's, it's fitting him in, isn't it? Well, yeah, but he, some of the people we've had in the squad who've got caps. I'm not saying he should Daniels. be starting by any means, but I can't believe he hasn't been in already when you think like Southgate's call on Nathaniel Chalaba at some point in his, in his reign. Yeah. And like, you know. yeah. Ali was still getting picked when he's been banged out of form. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, he's, he's, he's got to be in the next squad unless something horrendous happens between now and March, but he's, uh, he's very, very good. He's enjoyable to watch. He is like... <laughs> The player that you kind of want to be when like, you're playing as a kid, when you're just on a free run and you get the ball and you, you take people on and sometimes yeah. it works and sometimes it doesn't and he scores a goal like you did yesterday at Old Trafford and you think, well, yes, that's that's what it should be like. <laughs> Missed a few uh, chances as well, didn't he? Well, I mean, you see, it's what you're going to get with a young player playing out wide, taking on, taking chances. No, but that's the thing. At least he's there. He gets yeah. into these positions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I just hate that he plays for Aston Villa. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he's very good. Like, like, I work with a lot of Blues fans at work, and like I, I turn around to one of them and I was like, "Oh, did you see uh, Jack Realish's goal yesterday?" He went, "Nope." <laughs> it, was, it was a really good goal. And he went, "Oh, he was obviously a cross." And I was like, "Well, obviously it could have been a cross." Definitely, definitely wasn't a cross. Uh, just... yeah. While we're talking about crosses, Andreas Pereira. That was a, a lovely, what lovely a ball. ball in that one. Yeah, who who knew he had that in him? Still shit, but what a ball! Ah, uh, great ball. It's just a shame he didn't get the, the old assist because uh, they the, the went off Heaton's back. Yeah, so. yeah Heaton on goal. Uh, did you see uh, who crossed in for Lindelof to score? Uh, remind me. It was his I... midfield partner, Fred. Never. <laughs> Seriously? The, I won't have obviously, it. obviously, Wesley gave it a hand by flicking it, <laughs> doing, doing a forgot what end he was at and flicked it on. Uh, but yeah, the, the two worst midfielders in the team. In, in in Premier League football, got got technically got two assists this weekend. Uh, I thought it was really strange. Uh, Man United obviously played the kids uh, against Astrana, was it on Thursday night? It was, yeah. And the two lads who played in midfield for them were both included in the squad in the travelling. Well, not not really the travelling squad because they were at home, but they were included in the squad for the Villa game. Apparently, oh, yeah. neither of them got a minute. Oh. You know, and they brought back in Pereira and Fred. Um, it obviously worked because you know they were they're doing alright but, but, but yeah Pereira still had a shit game from what I saw uh, but yeah a, a great ball in for the thing uh, yeah Grealish missed a, an absolute sitter um, I thought there was a Premier League rule on you had to wear your socks pulled up uh, and not have your socks like Steve Claridge uh, oh, well, Jack Grealish missed that memo no one tells him what to do <laughs> I suppose I, I mean the, the main takeaway from this was my United fans going ballistic afterwards about drawing at home to a newly promoted team which yeah. I guess when you break it down like that is a poor result. Um, if anything, I'd be, I'd be Villa fans. I should, we should be the disappointed ones. Well, they, they should have got a, a win here. Exactly, and uh, I think if, if if Pochettino is given any sort of indication he wants to manage Man United, they should get him in before someone else does. Yeah, I say this was uh, apparently Man United's worst display of the season. Um, it, they all blew into one. To be fair. They, they, they do. They, kind they, of. They, they were. They, the thing is, they had that pick up in there a couple of weeks ago, and we were like, "Oh man, you know, you know, I got that swagger back." And then they lost the next game. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the Sheffield United result and stuff like that. Uh, Tyrone Mings scoring the equaliser. He took it well, but I guess this is the problem with VAR is that he barely celebrated. Yeah, he uh, yeah. Thought he, he was offside. Thought he was offside. Yeah, and you know, like, it, it, it's horrible like when stuff like that happens. 
but yeah, he he just didn't bother celebrating at all, and then yeah, yeah. really really fans. Yeah, good finish. It was, it was. I think it's his first Premier League goal as well. Oh, but then the uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The thing, he, you know. He's another one who uh, we're talking about Eddie Howe had Mings at Bournemouth. Obviously, got good money for him, but barely yeah. got a game for them. And they still got Steve Cook playing. Yeah. Yeah, but, but again, he I think he was signed as a left back. Oh, broke, was he? broke his leg on his debut, and then broke his leg when he came back as well. D- yeah, because he, well, he was a left back when he was at Ipswich. He was, yes, sir. So, yeah. yeah, so, it was. So yeah. Oh well. Imagine him running at you then left back. Jesus fucking Christ, massive. Um. But yeah, Villa, you know, they've looked promising all season and, you know, two good results in a week. Sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 as a, if I was a Villa fan, I'd probably count myself unlucky they didn't get more out of this game. They, they missed quite a few chances. Um, uh, David De Gea came out in the week and said there's probably obviously a lack of quality at Man United. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, just what you want to hear your best player say. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. It's hard to disagree with him, though, isn't it? It is. You know, I I saw I saw um Man United Twitter on Twitter at the weekend. People were were like, "Oh, I can't wait till McTominay comes back." Ooh. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. You know, but does that if you're Pochettino now, right, sat there and you're thinking, right, well, I'm obviously going to be all right. He's obviously got a decent payoff from 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 Spurs and whatever. You know, lots of clubs interested in him. You know, Real Madrid are still heavily linked with him, despite currently having a manager. Uh, obviously, the Everton jobs available. Um, do you do you want? I think we discussed this. Last week, do you want to take that job? The Man United job is more of a rebuild than any other job. Yeah, but as a manager, sure, that's, that's the type of gig you want. But how long do they give you? Well, yeah, that's the other that's question. That's the thing. Arsenal, this is, I think it was in the WhatsApp group the other day we were talking about this. Like, would you rather go to Man United or Arsenal? I'd rather go to Arsenal because they've got the core of a squad there. They just need someone to come in and work with them, kill the defenders, uh, and, and sign a couple of centre-backs. And you could probably put that team out and finish fourth without even thinking about it. Man United, they haven't got... There's not a decent centre back amongst them, really. Uh, Lindorf, maybe. Um, De Gea's all right. Um, a midfielder, apart from Pogba, who's not in the team, he's too busy playing black basketball in Miami. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're two of their front three are all right. Yeah, there's a lot to do. Um, I mean, you haven't mentioned Maguire there. Oh um, yeah, I, for- I forgot about <laughs> Maguire. To be fair. Okay, so yeah, Maguire's Maguire. So they've got. So, at that team, players that would go into other top six teams, you've got De Gea, Maguire, Ashley Young, obviously, um, <laughs> Pogba, when he can be bothered, uh, Martial and uh, Rashford. And I think Rashford would probably struggle at some top six clubs because of the way he plays. Yeah, he's on fire at the minute, but he's kind of playing from the left. Um, it's weird, really, but I suppose it works for him. Doesn't seem to work for Martial at all, who's been... Uh, Anonymous in the last couple of games. That's the thing. But... Like, they're both so hot and cold, aren't they? Yeah, like, exactly. That's the problem with both of them, that, that we'll we put clubs off them. I think that's the only yeah. reason Martial is still at the club, because there was talk when we, like, Mourinho wanted him out, didn't he? And then no one came in for him, because he, yeah. again, cause he's so hot and cold. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely an issue for them. But uh, no, I think it's, this is what it's going to be like with Man United now, and, until Solskjaer leaves and they appoint a you know, proper manager. Um, they're... Um, they're going to have some weeks where where the clicks and they're quite good, and there's going to be other weeks where he doesn't have the answers. And Villa, for all we don't like them, 
on this podcast generally. They're well coached, mm-hmm. um, and the, Dean Smith's done a very good job there. And they're the type of team um, who got a way of playing. Um, and uh, you know, if you can't match up to it, then so be it. Uh, last game of the weekend then. Champions in waiting. Leicester City uh, took on Liverpool's second favourite club after Tranmere, uh, Everton. Uh, Kalichi Nacho. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, Dave. I know. I mean, this was uh, quite an entertaining game. Uh, Everton's change of formation worked a treat for them, but mm-hmm. you know you look in when Iheanacho, who's been pretty much useless throughout 2019, comes off the bench. Gets a goal on assist, including an injury time goal, which the linesman ludicrously flagged offside. Yep. Um, and then obviously it's countered, and then everyone goes mad. Like you know, great finish. It, oh, it's um, it's brilliant for for Leicester um, to have another option up there as well, because we we, we were just saying last week it's Vardy or nothing up there really. Yep. Um, if I natural can find any sort of form He's to help out every appearance this season. Well, there you go. He has only made three. Two of them uh, in the club. I was going to say, one, like... One of them Bert, is Burton Alves. Yeah, yeah, Burton yeah. will put the sword by Iheanacho. Um, but, yeah, no. He, he looked like he looked like the player from Man City. When he, he did. He, 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 did. He, he changed the game, which is weird in this Leicester team, considering how well they've been playing. He changed the game. Yeah. Um, and I guess it comes back to... We've gone full circle here. Kind of Liverpool. When he looks in, he looks in. And for Leicester... It was, and it kept their good run going, kept the momentum going. Mm-hmm. I think they've got a home game with Watford on some night this week, must be Wednesday, I guess, uh, which again you'd expect them to win. Yeah, it, it, it's mad. I didn't realise that Everton haven't been playing with three centre backs all season. No, I'm surprised it's taken this long to do it, to be yeah, honest, because they, they, they looked a million times better for it. Yeah, because I. Like I, I, I remember I was watching. Like I was on like painkillers, but I was watching the game, and I saw I knew Yerry Mina was playing because you can't really miss him. Mm. But then I saw I know Mason Holgate's played a few games. Ben Mason Mason Holgate, he was playing at right back for West Brom in the Championship last season, and I thought, and he was constantly, and, and I'm watching the game thinking Holgate he's out of position constantly. What's going on? It was only <laughs> like a, a, about ten minutes later I noticed that Michael Keane was also playing. <laughs> he was so far to the right because I thought, oh, is Holgate playing right back? And I thought, no, Sadiq is playing right back. So where the fuck is he playing? <laughs> but to say Holgate had quite a decent game. Yeah, he, he, he played all right towards the end. Um, Dominic Calvert Lewin started as well. Uh, a few injuries. Um, Ayosi Perez mm. was he this light on his feet when he played for you guys? Oh I imagine, God, yes. I, I imagine uh, in the northeast he must have been falling over all the time in the wind. Honestly, he um, he wasn't well loved by our fans. There was a certain section of the fans who would just lambast him basically because he would he would fall down at every possible opportunity. He went down twice in uh, the uh, first uh, ten minutes, and that's why. Perez started doing the celebration where he puts his fingers in his ears because he got booed off on a couple of... Ah, uh, okay, co- makes a lot of sense. Right? So he started doing that and he stuck with it, but uh, he's um, he's very, very frustrating as a player, but he'll go through spells where he'll score you know, four, five, six goals um, in patches. Obviously, uh, obviously the rule for diving, the well, yellow cards and stuff have been, have been wiped out. Ah, well, this was bizarre. Like, was, I, I was, was it Chilwell who went Chilwell down? Chilwell also yeah. got caught diving. Yes. So... I can't believe they overturned this as a pen and didn't book him. Like, surely, <laughs> what are you saying? It's multiple, like, multiple times this season. Yeah, ludicrous, really. But, um, 
It's, it's, I mean, it's like that rule where you're supposed to go off at the nearest point of exit. Oh, that hasn't, hasn't exactly been enforced, has it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think someone in the Champions League, in the Liverpool game in the Champions League, were the first person I've seen do it this season. Yeah. It, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, chill, well, what the hell is he playing at? Like? Well, 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 during the Newcastle game, Gabriel Jesus was forced to go off on the far side, and Fletcher on commentary, who I hate, was like... Well, you know, it does be the game, but it's not really fair on the play having to walk past all those home fans. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it must be uh, horrible. Roll out, roll out the red carpet for him walking around the pitch. I mean, what, what a nightmare. Sidibe yeah, <laughs> um, for Everton. Is he Everton's Trent Alexander-Arnold? He looked very good, didn't he? Put a um, few crosses in this, when he's played this season. Look, he looks, looks half decent. He's from yeah. Mon- Monaco, was he from? Monaco, yeah, yeah, of course. I remember he's a few kind of... clubs were looking at him a few seasons ago when they had the... When the that good Monaco team, the Champions League, got ripped apart. Yes, no, he's he's very good, um, and he's in for Coleman, who has uh, kind of shown his years a bit, but yeah. um, still decent. Don't get us wrong, yeah, but he uh, plays a very similar type of game. Yeah, exactly. He's a good replacement for him. Um, Everton had no centre mids for this, so I was reading Twitter on uh, on Friday, and a lot of Everton fans wanted Leighton Baines to play in centre midfield. What? Yep, that's what I sort thought too. I know they but, love him up there, but like. He's barely a left back now. Wow. I say, I know Schneidlin was out, so uh, Gomez is out. Yeah, Stan was out, but well enough to come on for the last 10 minutes. Mm, so. They've got a little. I've really, they've got no centre. Oh, yeah, Tom Davis played. He's not really a centre mid, is he? Delph's atrocious. Uh, Delph's injured, so he uh, he wasn't in. Um, Beningami, whoever he is, he's injured. Someone called Gamma Gimbin or something. Oh, he was a, was he one, cost a fortune yeah, as well, he was but the he's one injured. They brought in to yeah. replace Gay. Yes, uh, yeah. so I think it's got a bit of an injury crisis, but still, um, I think that's why they changed the, fact the three at the back. But like I say, it really suited them. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, really they were looking, looking not to come up with more. Yeah, I, I generally thought this was enough to keep Marco Silva in a job for a few more weeks. Uh, he's it's been confirmed he will take charge of at least the Liverpool derby uh, on, uh, on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. You know, but to be fair, Everton have come into the Merseyside. I call it the Merseyside Derby, not the Liverpool Derby. Um, they have gone into the Merseyside Derby in the past, out of form, and pulled off results. They have, and it's it's one of the most all the hype fixtures on the calendar. Like it nearly always finishes nil nil or one nil or some crack of shit. So don't get your hopes up. Mm, there's a lot of Liverpool fans who are claiming they don't care about the fixture, that they are much more bothered about like games against Man City and stuff like that at the moment, but. You know, Liverpool Man City games are generally shit as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, 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 it's weird. Um, but how long do you think he survives? Well, the fixtures are so bad, it's a bit like the, what we're talking about before, where there's no real benefit to bringing someone else in at this point. Yeah, I think it's different with Silver, as we've said a few times. The fans hate him. <laughs> the fans are just literally. They could, they could win the Merseyside Derby 10 0. And I think um, the fans would still blame him for not making it 11. I mean, they could put Underworth in charge, who they seem to li- they seem to like, um, and not really be any worse off. I wouldn't have thought. So, uh, Jamie Vardy scored his twelfth Premier League goal of the season. Has scored six six games in a row now as well. Uh, eight goals in that time. Has he got the record, or is the joint record for? Is it eight games in a row where he scored? Yeah, I think he was it the season they won the title. Yeah, he I know he scored, scored it. it. Was that goal against Liverpool, wasn't it? I was going to say Man United. Oh no, Man United. Yeah. That's the one. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was the Man United one where he broke the record, and he's yeah. won. F- on course to do that again. Like obviously he's never injured because you know cocaine makes you think like you can play forever. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. He just looks the sort, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, did you see uh, Moises Keane's effort when he came on? I thought he scored. I, thought I, was, he scored. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's what like, a goal! Casper Schmeichel so so calm about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
you know, so he looks like he's uh, got a little bit more confidence, I suppose. Uh, maybe when Everton, when Eddie Howe takes over or Emery takes over, he uh, mm. he might get some games. <laughs> nah. But yeah, yeah. The big thing from this is the VAR drama, and it it, was, it seemed to go on forever as well. Yeah, it didn't help. And, and like, was the, they seemed to be looking for a way to disallow it, but. Uh... <laughs> Did you did you see them all celebrate with Brendan Rodgers at the end? Yeah, I think it's because that's where Ian Acho was at the time, wasn't it? Uh, it's a good scene, though, isn't it? It's really funny. So like, Ian Acho scores, gets does the sliding on his knees celebration, you know, like you're a kid in the park or whatever. But you could see the moment he saw the flag mm. mid slide. Well, I saw the flag go up like real time, but it ne- I never thought like he was offside. I never looked offside. I mean, he was very close. Did but... didn't stop play because a lot of players would stop play. Exactly, this is the stupid the stupidity of Mike Riley where he's why not just wait till the ball goes dead, then put the flag up and then you'd be like, Oh well that's offside. But uh never mind. Yeah, you know, it was funny watching him actually yeah, he slid because obviously it was uh, like a the grass was wet and whatever, so he was sliding for quite a while and you literally see it's like Ralph Ralph Wiggum when his heart breaks and that Simpsons <laughs> you can literally see when he spotted the flag, but yeah, he's still sliding with his arms outstretched. It's like <laughs> what? And uh, then he just didn't stand up. He was just looking at the linesman like, what? <laughs> yeah, abs- absolute madness. Um, yeah, he, I was going to say, like, we've had some decent VAR decisions in recent weeks, but it can't last much longer, can it? No, I suppose what you say is from that Leicester game, the VAR was used pretty much perfectly throughout. Obviously overturned a pen, mm. gave the, the goal which was ruled offside originally, so... Yeah, but you can't really damage in the game like the whole Tyrone Mings oh, 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 ter- now that players are stopping celebrating aye oh it's, it's awful like if someone asked us do you want to get rid of it tomorrow and just put up with some of the bad decisions fuck yes like I don't think any I don't think any better off really we're still talking about decisions aren't we yeah that's it. do you think the FA will get rid of it no nah, I think it's uh it's too far gone now. I bet they've signed a multi-million year con- multi-million oh. multi-year contract for it as well. Almost, almost certainly. Yeah. yeah, absolute madness. Can't wait till it comes in. How are they doing it in the FA Cup and that like this season? Is it just if you're lucky enough to play at one of four grounds, you'll have it? Probably. Because um, obviously I can't imagine they're going to install it at every little ground they go to. So. Uh, I don't know though. I've not looked into it. Absolute madness. So I mean, yeah. we've got, we've got Rochdale or Boston away though. So I mean... Probably no, VAR, probably no VAR at that ground, I wouldn't have thought. Oh, no, you know, Boston, quite forward-thinking, isn't they? <laughs> um, yeah, right, definitely not forgotten a fixture. That's all. No, we've, we've done all ten. And it's, um, only taken, it's only taken us nearly two hours. But... I was going to say, let's not go through the, uh, the, 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 FA Cup round, the FA Cup third round draw then. No, I'll save that for a later date. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anything else you want to go over while we're here, sir? Uh, no, I... Um, should really go back and be a father instead uh, of please, please pimp your socials then quickly uh, so on uh, Twitter I am at cm9798 or the website is cm9798.co.uk thank you uh, you got some football manager advent calendar thing going on uh, every day there'll be a, um, a player from the 9798 season with their correspondent squad number and you have to guess who it is excellent excellent I, I hope that'll be easier than some of your guess the player things because I'll sit and look at them and really scratch my head. Uh, today's, was, today's was hard and someone got it in like 30 seconds, so the bar is set quite high. Okay, I'll have a look at that after this. Uh, you can find us at Man on the Post on absolutely everything known to man, uh, although I do notice the Instagram feed seems to have died off a little bit, Chris. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's it then. Uh, nothing else you want to go over at all? 
No, that's good for me, mate. I'm just trying to say how long I can keep you here now, Dave. Ah, it's alright. Oh, wait till I tell you I haven't, I haven't recorded this episode. We've got to do it all over again. Uh, uh, no, that's it. Uh, thank you very much, Dave, for joining me as always. Pleasure to speak to you. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Yeah.